Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, please don't fall for it. Do, don't, do not fall for this bogus nonsense media narrative that's going to come out that, oh, shucks, Russian disinformation. Oh, what happened? I am here to prepare you for what's coming next. I got all the info. There was, of course, a big drop on Friday of Friday to hide everything Friday afternoon during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I've got the real story for you. I've also got a pretty damning story about the New York Times up to their old tricks again. And also asked the question, what happened with the uh, coronavirus? Did it leak from a Chinese lab? Some information, interesting stuff we have today. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let others watch what you're doing online. Keep your online activity safe at expressvpn.com. Uh, slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, hey, sir. Hey, man. Happy Monday to you. I'm doing pretty good. Yep. Ready to go. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a, a happy Easter to Weird everybody Easter, out there. Though, the wasn't resurrection it? of, uh, yeah, it yeah, was. It, it didn't was. feel the like Easter to me. Not Lord at all. And Savior, Jesus Christ. Joe. Yes. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. I'm I know sorry. I was yeah. at home. Um, but, you know, uh, very few people uh, attended the initial resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, so we will get through <laughs> it. I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure he understands in the middle of a pandemic. I'm sure he does. All right, folks, yeah. I want to get to this Brendan story first. Before I get to that, we have our first sponsor, NetSuite. Folks, there's enough uncertainty to go around right now. NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control over your business. We use NetSuite here. We'd be lost without it. With so many critical decisions to make, you need to make you, know, the, with, you, make, you need to make those decisions right. Make them right now, and you need to make them with the right numbers. That is critical. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, we give you the financials, uh, give the cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more information all in one spot. You're on your phone, on your computer, so you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at their fingertips. There's no more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter, more intelligent decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility into your numbers and your business. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Get your free guide today. Managing business uncertainty, an important one. And schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Bongino. netsuite.com slash Bongino. Seriously, we'd be lost without NetSuite now, my wife and I, with all the uncertainty going on. netsuite.com slash Bongino. Pick it up today. Make the right decisions. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. Here we go. Ding, ding. So good to hear that bell. Makes yeah. me know. Let's me know the week is starting. Folks, don't fall for it. We are getting softened up. You ever box, do MMA, whatever? Uh, you know, they soften you up to the body, drop your hands, get you to drop your elbows a little. Boom. Left, uh, you know, left hook, right cross. <laughs> you know, if you box, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Soften you up. Soften you up in the yeah, body. Yeah. You to drop them hands so they can hit you and, 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 and ring your bell a little bit. They're doing it right now. Yeah. They're getting us ready for the next narrative. And it all has to do with the declassified footnotes on Friday. Not that the declassified footnotes aren't important. And when I'm talking about the declassified footnotes, I mean the footnotes in the IG report who was investigating the whole FBI, CIA fraud and spy game. But the media is getting ready to run with this, and I don't want anybody to fall for it. So there was a declassified footnote, one of four that were declassified, that was pretty damning. 
It is a footnote to a report where everybody's looking into the FBI's operation to spy on Trump. Horowitz put this report out and we got the redactions out and this is what we found out. I'm going to show you the footnote here and I'll tell you what the narrative coming is and to be very careful because this all centers on Johnny Boombots, Johnny Brennan, ladies and gentlemen, the puppet master, the founder of the feast and what he was really up to. Let's see this footnote. So now we have this. There's still parts of it classified, but most of it that was blacked out has now been declassified. And we learn that in addition to information in Steele's Delta file documenting Steele's frequent contacts with representatives from multiple Russian oligarchs, we identified the IG, that is, reporting that the Crossfire Hurricane team received from Redacted, indicating the potential for Russian disinformation influencing Steele's election reporting. All right, let's go back to this for a minute. Now, what am I hearing? What am I seeing out there? I want you to be very careful because we've reported on this in my two books and elsewhere. While I do believe there were slivers of Russian disinformation that made their way to Christopher Steele's reporting, who put together the dossier on Trump that John Brennan at this point, I believe, fully supported, right? I do believe the Russians had their way of milk in this thing. I don't believe it was a significant portion of the dossier. Why does this matter, ladies and gentlemen? This is the most important takeaway. If there's any show I've ever done since 628 on, I need you to understand this takeaway right now. The media is preparing you for a narrative, and the narrative is going to be, after this declassification, show. oh, shucks. We all fell for Russian disinformation in the FBI. They tricked us with the PP tape. My bad. Next oh, time holy. we'll do it over. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Predicted. It's, you predicted it. Yeah. It, I I did. Remember? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I know. I I mean I can pull the Much audio on the show. Ago, I don't want to yeah. bore you to death. We said this is going to be their next stunt, and the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others are gonna run with this. They're going to run with this. It wasn't malfeasance. We didn't deliberately do anything wrong spying on the Trump campaign. We were tricked into spying on the Trump campaign because Russians slipped fake information to us. We thought was real. Damn it. We just should have done our homework. And out of due diligence, we spied on Trump just to make sure it wasn't real. No, no, no. No, I can't encourage you strongly enough right now to follow the work of Jeff Carlson, Chuck Ross, Lee Smith, and others that are doing the homework on this, who agree, well, I'm not going to speak for all of them, but I know at least Lee, I don't think it, I converse with Lee a lot uh, through electronic means. That is not the case. So the news, remember, the media is always there to tell you a story, not the story. The A story they're going to tell you now is, oh, shucks, the FBI got fooled. Next time we got to be a little more prepared. We spied on the president, but the Russians tricked us. Not what happened. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, the Steele PP tape dossier was a deliberate act of malfeasance. Known lies being marshaled by puppet master John Brennan and being fed into our intelligence infrastructure and law enforcement infrastructure, known lies in order to spy on Donald Trump. And when that operation broke down, they started the Mueller probe up and pushed for a special counsel to cover it up by initiating an obstruction of justice investigation through Mueller. 
Maybe that second part doesn't make sense. Let me sp- let me put the summary up front and I'm going to walk you through the receipts because I have the receipts. Spy on Donald Trump because John Brennan's trying to kiss Hillary's butt. Oh, I got the receipts on that too. He wants to stay on as CIA director or even something more, maybe maybe more prominent in Hillary Clinton's pending presidency. Remember, everybody thinks Hillary's going to win. Right. In order to ingratiate himself to Obama and Hillary and keep the Democrat enterprise going, he abuses his role as the CIA director to create fake information, do a series of fake, a series of real people, but fake information. Brennan's marshalling this. There's now no longer, there's there's no sliver of doubt left. Right. Brennan marshals this effort. He then tries to push politicians, Harry Reid and others, on Capitol Hill because he can't start a criminal investigation. The CIA is not a law enforcement enterprise. He needs the FBI to open a criminal investigation so they can use the warrant process to further ensnare people in their surveillance net using legal warrants. He briefs Harry Reid on this fake information. Harry Reid puts the fake information in a memo to the FBI. The FBI initiates an investigation based on said fake information. Brennan and them get hanky. They start attributing the fake information to real people, even though the information's fake. The FBI runs with it. At some point, no later than January of 2017, the FBI finds out the information's fake. They know earlier, but for sure, for sure, they find out in January 2017, the information's fake. They keep it going anyway because Comey hates Trump and he can't acknowledge he's been investigating a hoax. When that falls apart, Comey leaks the memos to push for a special counsel. He's already admitted to this. Mm -hmm. They start a special counsel knowing they're not going to find any evidence of collusion, hoping what? That Donald Trump slips up and fires someone. What does he do? He fires Comey, which then morphs into an obstruction of justice investigation, knowing the collusion charges are a total hoax. Let's go to the receipts because as Warner Wolf used to say, right? With the videotape, you know the whole routine there. If you grew up in New York. So you saw the footnote. Now it comes out, oh, you know, there may have been some Russian disinformation in there. Fine, there may have been. It's probably accurate to say the Russians knew Christopher Steele was feeding information to politicians and hacks in the United States and knowingly fed him some disinformation. That is not the bulk of the dossier. The dossier used to spy on Trump is lies. It's made up. Okay? Yeah. There's a difference here. If you fall for the, oh, shucks, the Russians fooled us, it's misfeasance, which is bad. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not malfeasance. Ah, they fooled us, our mistake. No, no, this was a deliberate plot to make up lies and attribute them to real people to nail the Trump campaign. Don't be a sucker for this. And remember, even if the Russian disinformation line was true, Joe, in other words, the Russians willingly put lies out there Mm -hmm. to mess with us and Steele sucked it up, even if that was true, think about it. I had to write this down so you understand. So your best case scenario here Your best case scenario in the times, because this is going to come out, they're going to run with this. Your best case scenario is that a foreign spy paid by Hillary Clinton's team colluded with the Russians to spy on the president. And that at at that time campaign, uh, the campaign of Donald Trump, that's your best. 
That's your best. <laughs> Not a good start at all. Wait, where's that? <laughs> we haven't used this in a long time. <laughs> For the sound machine guy. That's your best case scenario? Oh, dude. I'm, Joseph, I'm not giving them even that out. Okay. It's still bad. Yeah. I'm not giving them that out. There's a worst case scenario, which is they lied about the whole thing, attributed fake information to real people, knowingly lied, and I have to be a little cryptic about the rest. For now. Now. You don't believe me that Brennan marshaled this whole thing from the start? Brennan, uh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I, again, I'm, I, I try. I, I have a pretty hot temper. I don't, I don't think that's a secret. I'm really trying these days to not make this stuff personal because the facts matter. But it is personal for me because these people are not bright. Brennan is not a smart guy. I'm not saying that to insult him. I'm saying it because he has no sense of how much trouble he's really in. Or he does, and he's just too dumb to understand he's aggravating the case against him by all his public tweeting and public media appearances. Hat tip Jeff Carlson for turning me on to this one. Here's an appearance uh, Brennan made in August of 2018, a while ago, on the Rachel Maddow show. And on this show, I'm going to play a brief clip here. It's about a minute. Where he basically admits to Maddow that they were monitoring U.S. citizens and their communications with Russians and basically admits they didn't really find anything and that they kept doing it. He does it in kind of a roundabout way, though, mm -hmm. in a, a sleazy, snaky way. Only Brennan can. And he admits to this because he can't keep his mouth shut because he hates Trump so much. Check this out. It was a very intense Russian effort to interfere in the election, number one. Number two, I am well aware and have a lot of experience in observing what the Russians will do to try to suborn American citizens, to get American citizens to work for them. Mm -hmm. And this was a very intensive effort. And so, as I said in my op-ed, myself and Jim Comey and Mike Rogers from NSA, we talked about the importance of making sure that our radar, our collection radar was up so that we had early indications or be able to uncover any effort on the part of the Russians to work with American citizens. But the American citizens were reaching out to the Russians as well to mm -hmm. see what they could get, see if they could get any dirt on Hillary Clinton. So my radar was going because I knew the Russians were engaged in this effort. And I was aware of contacts with American citizens that may have been totally innocent on the American citizens part. And maybe they weren't abetting at all. Was it clear to you that those contacts with American citizens were part of the operation, that it was part of the way that Russia was trying to accomplish its objectives? I was very concerned and aware that the Russians were trying to leverage U.S. citizens in order to achieve their objectives in the presidential election. <laughs> I, looking back again, hat tip to Jeff. I remember that cut vividly. And I needed his, I saw his tweet this weekend about it, and I went back and watched it again. Gosh, is that damning. You have the CIA director with these massive, I, I mean, cosmic almost level powers compared to where we were a couple hundred years ago to monitor the communications of Americans. A power limited by our constitution, we thought, and by spying restrictions imposed upon the agency on American citizens. Yet he admits, Joe, in the same clip. Did you hear it? Well, the communications with American citizens could have been completely innocent. Yeah. What? 
I only play that and bring that back to make the point now that, ladies and gentlemen, he's the puppet master from the start. I'm going to get this Bloomberg piece of minute. I want to get this one, just a couple more things. I want to do this in order. But understand where we're going with this. Do not buy the new media narrative coming out based on this footnote that, gosh, the Russians fooled us. They did not fool us. They did not fool us. We deliberately ignored the warning signs that some of it may have been Russian disinformation. And we deliberately ignored procedures, the Woods procedure, the Delta file on Christopher Steele, his informant file, where it indicated he's had some shady dealings with Russians in the past. It was done deliberately to hide the fact that the information Brennan and others are pushing are false. And if they went through the normal procedures and checked the Delta file and Woods procedure, the information verified it, everybody would have known it was false. This was deliberate. Mm -hmm. It was not an aw shucks thing. I'm very concerned about this because even some of our own People, it's not a knock. I'm not piling on. I mean, when I say our own people, I mean people actually concerned with with liberty, law, and order, conservatives and libertarians are falling for this. We go, oh, look, it was the Russians the whole time. It was not. It was Brennan the whole time. Now, you may be asking yourself after that clip, why is Brennan monitoring American citizens while he acknowledges in the clip that this could be completely innocent? In other words, He has no evidence whatsoever any American citizen is colluding with the Russians and none has ever surfaced. (laughs) He admits it on tape. Why is he doing this? Well, he's doing this because he wants to continue in the Hillary Clinton administration, which everyone's sure she's going to be the president back in 2016. So he's trying to ingratiate himself to Hillary and Obama by saying, look what I found. We've got sources, the PP tape, Trump team, Michael Cohen. They're going to Prague to get information about Hillary and they're paying people. All all totally made up. Totally made up. They're doing it because it's part of their plan. And when it all breaks down and they get discovered, they have to bring Mueller in to clean up the mess, knowing Mueller will do things with Andy Weissman to hurt Trump and Trump will respond. And when Trump responds, they'll get an obstruction of justice charge, which they'll later use to try to impeach. Look at this uh, Washington Examiner article today, if you don't believe me. It describes the Mueller, the conduit, the the, the superhighway from Brennan's initiationist case to Mueller. Declassified notes in the Pfizer report have GOP investigators asking about Jim Comey and Bob Mueller. Folks, remember, in January of 2017, Two significant things happen. Well, three. Trump is sworn in as president. The FBI interviews the person, Christopher Steele, the primary subsource. Christopher Steele says he's getting his information from. The subsource says, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not my stuff. Now the question, ladies and gentlemen, think about this one, please. Please. If the source... Steele is citing about the information of the dossier is saying, I, I didn't say that. That's not my stuff. And what he's saying, I said, was just bar talk. Then, ladies and gentlemen, who's the person connecting the subsource to Christopher Steele 
and massaging the information with effleurage and plorage for you massage therapists out there, whatever they call those thingies. Who's the one doing that? Who's the one making sure when the primary subsource talks that when it gets to steel, it sounds a whole lot worse? It's not the source himself. He tells the FBI in January, ah, that's not true. I didn't say that. So who did? You following where we're going with this? Yeah. yeah. So that happens in January. Yeah. We have the FBI interviewing the primary subsource. The primary subsource to Steele saying, I didn't tell Steele that. And what I did say was just bar talk. That's not verified stuff. We also have Mark Grant, a prominent national security official from the United Kingdom who's alleged to have written a communique to our national security officials that were incoming in the Trump administration saying, hey, I'm from the UK and national security. This Christopher Steele's kind of full of crap. Yeah, that one's kind of like, people forget about that one too. And the FBI continues to double down. Why am I setting that up first? Because I don't, I get feedback on the show sometimes and it's understandable. People still or misreading what I'm saying. And it's okay. Huh. It's maybe okay. my fault for not explaining well enough. Brennan is the puppet master and the founder of the feast. I believe he initially, initially, initially in the spring and fall of 2016, and I'm going to walk you through the receipts here, misleads the DOJ and the FBI into believing that the information from the source I just told you about is real. I believe Brennan's laundering it through Christopher Steele maybe massaging it on the way. It then comes out from Steele. Steele has this information he's attributing to multiple sources. It's really all made up nonsense. I think others are attributing it to multiple sources, if you know what I mean. Brennan then misleads the FBI and the DOJ into opening up FISA cases so they can formally spy on Trump. So you may say, what are you saying? The FBI was fooled? No, they weren't fooled. They were targeting Trump from the beginning. But they needed a predicate. And the predicate was, hey, we're getting information from the CIA and others. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a good reason to me, Joe, right? Mm -hmm. Why I'm talking about the January 2017 information, the interview with the subsource and the letter from the British national security official about Steele is because by January of 2017, they know without a doubt whatever they heard was false. And they still <laughs> renew the FISA three more times. Okay, let's get back to Brennan, the receipts. Bloomberg article. Look at this one. Why was Brennan doing this? Why was he spying on Trump? Well, obviously, Brennan's a politician. He was a CIA director in name only. He was a kino, CIA director in name only. He was a politician. <laughs> yeah. Look at this. Eli Lake, August 3rd, 2016. Obama's CIA director wants to stick around for Clinton. Clinton, John Brennan has privately signaled that he doesn't want to leave his role, but there's competition. Well, Joe, what better way for Johnny B to fillet the competition for that new CIA director spot in the Clinton administration, he's the CIA director under yeah. Obama, than to produce dossiers and information on their political opponent. What better way? Look at me, dad. Look at me. Look how good I am at my job. I uncovered a collusion plot. Well, who told you that? Oh, some subsources told us that. Really? They did? Are you sure about that? Well, we got it from Steele, so it's got to be real. Now, you may say again, what evidence do you have that he misled the FBI? Ladies and gentlemen, I always produce receipts on this show. 
Again, let's go back for the umpteenth thousandth time to the Lisa Page testimony in front of Congress under oath. This is the one of the lead FBI lawyers who is having an affair with the lead agent working the case, Supervisor Peter Stroke, testifying under oath in what I believe is one of her for few moments of actual honesty. She's confronted by Congressman Mark Meadows about John Brennan getting his information from a source. She seems confused. Meadows says, hey, we do know there are multiple sources. Page, I do know that. I know the information found its way to a lot of different places in October of 2016. But if the CIA as early as August had those same reports, I'm not aware of that, nor do I believe they provided them to us. And that would be unusual. Ladies and gentlemen, simply stated, I do not believe she's lying here. Brennan is clearly working the same information channels. This cabal of people laundering fake information. They're lies. They're made up. Forget the Russian sources. They're fake. Brennan is laundering this information, trying to clean it like you would launder money. He's taking noted lies. They're made up. Forget it. They're Aesop's fables. They're not real. In order to make them real, Brennan and his team of liars are pinning the information to real people who show up in files at the FBI as, wow, look, that information was pinned to person A. That's a real source. Look, we know him. He was a Russian. <gasps> it must be real. But then they go and interview the Russians and the Russians are like, what the hell are you talking about? I never said that. It's all fake. Page is confused. She's confused, legitimately confused. She's like, wait, you're telling me the information we got in the dossier in the fall of 2016? You're telling me that that was the same packet of BS given to Brennan? Oh, no. She's starting to see, uh-oh, we're in a little trouble right now. He gave the FBI the shaft. The same FBI that was all too willing to look for a predicate to investigate Trump because of their political bias. Don't give them a pass. That was the predicate they needed. But not only did Brennan's cabal of liars steal the Hacklet group, all of these people, dear love and all these folks, they're not only trafficking the information of the FBI and trying to clean it through real Russians, but fake information, they also had to mislead the DOJ. Why? Because the Department of Justice is never going to okay a warrant to spy on the Trump campaign. If Remember, the FBI submits to what DOJ has to approve it. Mm -hmm. So Brennan has to mislead the DOJ himself, but Brennan can't meet with the DOJ and do it. He has to, again, think of a scheme. Here's where Christopher Steele comes in as the primary trafficker of the lies. Let's go to the receipts. First, Bruce Orr's testimony in front of Congress. Bruce Orr, number four official at the Department of Justice, under oath in front of Congress said, in the July 30th conversation, one of the items of information that Chris Steele gave to me, July 30th conversation, what gets open the next day, Joe, on July 31st? The case against Donald Trump, Crossfire Hurricane. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the day before, the trafficker of the fake information is meeting with a DOJ official? How did that happen? And he says that Steele gave him information from a former head of the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service, the SVR, 
and had stated to someone that they had Donald Trump over a barrel. That is fake. That is fake. The person is real. Mm -hmm. Trubnikov, Mm -hmm. which I discuss in my book, Exonerated. The person, the former head of the SBR, Trubnikov, is a Russian and is real and does have a friendship with Stefan Halper and Steele who are trafficking this fake information. Trubnikov is real. That information, they have have Trump over a barrel of Russians, is fake. Steele is the perfect person to traffic it to Bruce Orr to get the FBI to open a case literally the next day because Steele was a UK foreign spy that was in the Russia desk for the United Kingdom. He has all the credibility on his face in the world they need to traffic fake information and make it seem real. Hmm. Take fake information, the Russians have Trump over a barrel. Attribute it to real Russians. Trubnikov, who knows Halper. They work together at Cambridge, at that intelligence seminar. Now, look at this email from Steele. This is Steele's email, Steele's own email to Bruce Orr. Hey, great to see you and Nellie this morning, Bruce. Look when it's dated, Saturday, July 30th, the day before they open up the case. Great seeing you and Nellie. That's his wife. Where's he working for Fusion GPS? That's paying Steele. Let's keep in touch on the substantive issues. Glenn Simpson, he's talking about, is happy to speak with you on this if it would help. Best, Chris. So not only do we know Christopher Steele is a trafficker through Halper of fake information attributed to real Russians, we know Brennan, at this point, clearly knows this, pushes Harry Reid to push the FBI to open up a case. Then Christopher Steele pushes the information to DOJ to make sure the DOJ okays it. Oh, this gets worse. I got another part of this, ladies and gentlemen. I got a second sponsor today, but I want to, There's. this is where the FBI starts to catch on to the scam. I got more. Always bring the receipts. Our show today also brought to you by our friends at ZipRecruiter. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a message from our sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Right now, we cannot be overwhelmed. We have to work. We have to keep our loved ones safe and protect our communities. We have to work. We have to stay strong and stay connected. To stay focused, we have to work to inspire, to innovate, to build new solutions. But for all of this to work, we have to work together. At ZipRecruiter, we connect employers and people every day, but today is different. ZipRecruiter is sponsoring with, for us, excuse, partnering, excuse me, with first responders, government officials, the medical community, the innovators, the manufacturing, transportation, and food distribution industries to make sure we are finding the right people for the right jobs right now. Let's work together ziprecruiter.com slash work together. Really good job by ZipRecruiter. A lot of these companies are looking for people in these transportation networks, in logistics networks, and in the food industry. ZipRecruiter is here to help. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. They will connect the right people for your job right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Go check it out today. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for doing what you're doing for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. Okay. Now you may say to yourself again, like when does the bureau catch on to this? Again, not that they're investigating Trump. They want to investigate Trump. It's clear as day. They can't stand him. The political bias is obvious in their own words. They, we can smell the Trump support, the Walmart people. 
We've, we, I hope he loses a million and what we don't need to infer political bias. We could just read the FBI investigators own communications. It's obvious they're looking for a predicate to investigate them. John Brennan gives them this predicate saying, hey, I've got this information from real Russians. It's fake. And look, you need to do this. And they do it like suckers. He pushes the DOJ through to uh, also through Christopher Steele to approve it. We just saw the receipts on that. But here's when the FBI starts to catch on. Let me go back to an important piece from John Solomon in The Hill from a while ago that has some really, really damning information, totally relevant to the footnotes declassified on Friday. Remember the footnote I showed you in the beginning? Yeah. They mentioned they didn't look at Steele's Delta file. Keep this up, this headline, because it's important. They didn't look, the FBI didn't look at Steele's file. In other words, in a file for Steele, they said, be careful, this guy talks to Russians. Nobody looked at it. <laughs> and then secondly, they're like, uh-oh, did we fall prey to Russian disinformation? Let's go back to a 2018 piece by John Solomon. Memos detail the FBI's hurry the F up pressure to probe the Trump campaign. Again, indicating if the FBI wasn't concerned about procedure before the election, they were concerned about taking down Trump and Brennan gave him the perfect reason to do it. But at one point they start to realize that, my gosh, did, did we mess this up? And that point they start to realize that is the same point John Brennan starts to panic, which is what day, Joe? November 10th, which is conveniently hmm. what? The day after the election when they were like, mm -hmm. oh, fill in the blank. What happens now? You mean... I'm not going to be CIA director under Hillary. No, because Hillary's not the president. She just conceded. Whoops. And the FBI's got to be thinking right now, hey, man, we've been spying on the soon-to-be <laughs> president of the United States, now president-elect, expecting Hillary to be president. We better go back and make sure we did our homework. Uh -huh. That's not the way homework works. <laughs> You do the homework at home when it's assigned, not the next day in school after it's collected. Not the way homework works. So let's go to a couple gems, screenshots from this older piece by Solomon, where the FBI, the day after the election day, starts to panic and realize, I think we got screwed over and played right into it. What do we do now? Let's go to screenshot one. Listen to this doozy, John Solomon. Four days later, the same team, talking about the FBI team, was emailing about rushing to get approval for another FISA warrant for another Russia-related investigation. By the way, this is before the election. It's October 18th, right before the election. So the FBI is rushing to get another warrant for another, listen to this, Russia-related investigation, codenamed Dragon? Wait, wait, I thought the investigation in Trump was Crossfire Hurricane. There's another one, Dragon? Oh, boy. And they go back and forth and they say, still an expedite. In other words, we speed up Dragon 2 mm -hmm. as the FBI tried to meet the requirements of the Woods procedure. Remember, where they're supposed to check the information. Any idea what time you can have it Woods to buy? Stroke asks Page. I don't know. It's not going to matter because DOJ is going to take the time DOJ wants to take. I just don't want this waiting on us at all. There's another... Operation Dragon? Ladies and gentlemen, now it is that Page testimony I've showed you repeatedly where Mark Meadows says to Lisa Page, Congressman Mark Meadows, now President Trump's chief of staff, who was great on this case when he was in Congress, when he's asking Lisa Page under oath, you know there are multiple sources, right? And Page says, yes, we knew there were multiple sources. 
Operation Dragon, Crossfire Hurricane, multiple sources, multiple cases. Mm. Multiple sources who are real Russians. The problem, again, 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 is the information sourced to these real Russians because they would pop on a computer and make it look real. Oh, look at these guys. It's fake. It's all a lie. It's not Russian disinformation. It's not a mistake. It's not the telephone game. It is all fake. Dragon. Crossfire hurricane. How many other investigations were out there based on other real Russians, but fake information? Trubnikov and others. Remember the guy the New York Times heard about, Joe? And they, they had to evacuate this guy from Russia. He was, a, he was yeah. a source. They did. Is that another one of your sources? Because that's funny. That guy didn't seem to attribute information that, that, that they attributed to him. Didn't seem to verify that information either. Weird. Let's go to this doozy, too, right after the election. Remember, that one's right before. They're trying to rush another investigation. Congressman Meadows, you know there are multiple sources, right? No, there are multiple Russians. There's not multiple sources. <laughs> Those are two totally different things. Let's go to this gem from the Solomon piece. This is Stroke emailing his girlfriend, Paige, the same one who's confused about the multiple sources on an under oath testimony. This is a day after we find out Trump's going to be the president. This is November 10th. He says in caps, by the way, the all, we need all of their names to scrub. And we should give them... Who's them? Ours for the same purpose, stroke email page on November 10th, citing a Daily Beast article about Manafort. Talking about Andy McCabe here, it goes on. Andy didn't get any others. Any other what? Sources? Page wrote back, apparently indicating McCabe didn't have any other names to the scrub. That's what Bill said, Stroke wrote back. This is Peter Stroke's boss, Bill Prystep, apparently referring to counterintelligence head Bill Prystep. Quote, I suggested we need to exchange our entire list as we each have potential derogatory CI info, the other doesn't. CI is short for confidential informants. Ladies and gentlemen, this can only mean one of two things. The day after President Trump wins the election, the FBI, in a panic, likely like John Brennan was as well, says to themselves in an email, we better go back and scrub our list. You were supposed to do that before to make sure your sources were legitimate. They're probably figuring out, ladies and gentlemen, right now that the sources were real and the information was fake and that they never cross-reference any of this stuff. Or... Or maybe a combination of both. They're finding out that they're confidential informants, i.e. Steele, that they never looked at his file. And in his file, the information was there clear as day. Be careful. This guy has Russian contacts with Oleg Deripaska and other oligarchs that may not be good. And they never looked at it or never cared enough to put it out there. Clean up, all four. I told you. I've told you from the start, we have nailed this thing from day one. It's not a pat on the back. Yep. This is not some damn bunch. You know, okay, listen to my, I don't care about any of that. I just care about the truth. I swear to you on my life, that's all I care about. Gosh, I wanted to be wrong sometimes. I have told you from the start, Brennan puppet mastered this whole thing. 
deceived a willing FBI looking for any predicate to spy on Trump. They took it, assuming Brennan was giving them information because the Russians were real. But the information was fake. This is not a Russian disinformation plot. This is not an aw show. Oh, shucks, we all fell for it. It is not. This is a deliberate, targeted, political spying campaign. It is the biggest scandal in American history based on information that is fabricated out of thin air and laundered through a foreign spy named Christopher Steele and attributed to real Russians, although it's all fake. Every bit of it. All right, I got other things to get to today. You know, let me get my final sponsor uh, in here and then I'm going to motor. This is an important, this is an important story. The New York Times retconning and rewriting its own reporting is hilarious <laughs> and resetting the standard. Remember, Joe, we're supposed to believe yeah. all women. I've said from the start, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. this is obviously very serious stuff when it comes to mm-hmm. allegations of sexual impropriety. Right. Very serious. Mm-hmm. But I've said from the start, we believe evidence. We don't just believe people. That's not the way a system works with a presumption of innocence. That's not the way any of this works. But that's all being rewritten right now because of the New York Times. All right, final sponsor of the day, our friends at Teeter. Ladies and gentlemen, I used Teeter this weekend. I can't say enough about them. The Teeter inversion table, right? So I was out there in my garage using my Teeter after a deadlift workout to kind of decompress my spine because it feels good. You know, I have really horrible arthritis and I hate it. It decompresses my hips, my shoulders, and my back. I feel great. I get a little Teeter high when I'm done. And the Amazon Prime lady comes in with a package. And oh, she's like, oh, um, okay. Like when you're hanging upside there, yeah, can you just leave that over there? Like, do you need, no, I didn't need, I was doing great. I was decompressing on my teeter inversion table. I do it for a few minutes each and every day, sometimes twice a day. If you have back pain, you've been lucky enough to avoid back pain. You need a teeter. Invert every day keeps your back and joints feeling supple, feeling healthy, takes the load off them. You're just not used to that. You have no idea the pressure on your joints every day until you decompress and you invert and take it off. I feel great. I get that teeter. I've done my homework. It's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million people have put their trust in Teeter. They're the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. A perfect addition, ladies and gentlemen, to your home gym. Perfect addition. It's the best way after workout, my opinion, to cool down and open up that uh, your spine, your joints, and let them kind of cool out for a while. I love it. For a limited time, you get Teeter's new upgraded model of the inversion table system plus a free inversion program mat for the ultimate inversion experience. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon and are rated at 4.9 stars. That's hard to do. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to teeter.com slash Dan. You'll get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. There's no risk for you to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new Teeter Fitspine Inversion Table plus their free inversion program app by going to teeter.com slash Dan, teeter.com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R.com slash Dan. Go today. You'll love this thing. Helps me get my head straight before the show, too. All right, so moving on. Because there's other things going on and we're not doing 24-hour hysteria anymore. You want that? Go somewhere else. I'm sorry, but we are, there are other things going on in the country. We will stay on the Wuhan virus, of course. But uh, importantly, uh, a woman by the name of Tara Reid made some very serious allegations against some improper sexual advances touching against Joe Biden. Allegations, Mm -hmm. and ladies and gentlemen, because Joe Biden is my political opponent, changes absolutely nothing. I mean this, I will say this from this, I don't care. This is not political to me. For the liberals that listen, I understand what you're trying to do all the time by your constant changing of what, what, what? 
Oh, Paul is reading ahead to the tweet. And she's like, like, because it's so bad with the New York Times did. My view on this has been consistent from the start. It always will be having experience in my life in law enforcement. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, a small sliver, thankfully not a lot. I used to sit in the complaint room in the 7-5 precinct and take criminal complaints all day. Mm. A small sliver, I mean, it's not a lot of people come in and make complaints that are lies for a number of reasons. They do it because they don't like their neighbor. You know, yeah. I call my neighbor, bring it, whatever. They, there's a lot. It's not a lot because it's a crime to do that. But some people do. And because we understand that as law enforcement officers and prosecutors and even, you know, constitutionalists and people who care about basic human decency, what we do is we accumulate evidence to prove beyond a certain standard of doubt, beyond the reasonable doubt in a criminal case, mm-hmm. preponderance of evidence in a civil case. We don't send people to jail or take their stuff in a civil case unless the evidence can be verified and proven correct in a court case. That's adversarial. So the defendant gets to defend themselves. In other words, believe all women, ladies and gentlemen. Believe, I don't understand. So no matter what anybody says, if you're a woman, it's always assumed to be true. Now, having said that, I believe evidence. This stuff happens all the time. Women are manhandled. It's gross. It happens all the time and they have the right to speak out and their evidence should be heard out. Right. I believe that for Joe Biden or anyone else, period, full stop. Miss Reed has made a serious allegation that should be investigated and the allegation seems to have some evidence to back her up. Whether the evidence is true or not, we'll find out if an investigation she apparently has filed a criminal report. But, Joe, that wasn't the standard for Brett Kavanaugh or for Donald Trump. Mm -mm. Remember Brett Kavanaugh, the famous or infamous Julie Swetnick allegations? Remember the other lady? Uh, He caught me in the back of a car and he manhandled me. Kavanaugh doesn't even know them. Never met the woman ever. All of this stuff. You must believe them. You must believe them. That was the standard. Apparently, as we know, that's not the standard. Let's go to this story by the New York Times, evidenced by these tweets, where the New York Times, this woman, Tara Reid, seems to have some substantial backup for her charges that she was, she alleges she was groped by Biden. Mm-hmm. But again, because Biden's a Democrat, the New York Times, the Kavanaugh standard, Joe, believe all women all the time, don't question anything. That's gone. That's uh, uh, Throw mm-hmm. that off. That's gone now. So let's put up New York Times tweet number one, which they delete, which is interesting. New York Times. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting, nor did any former Biden staff corroborate Reid's allegation. Listen to this unbelievable tweet. This is a real tweet. This is not a joke from the New York Times. It continues. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs, kitches, kisses, and touching that women previously said make them uncomfortable the hell is wrong with them dude i i don't i i it's, 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 so joe just to be clear let's ground ourselves here oh, i just want to yeah. be clear here the same new york times yeah that reported on allegations of kavanaugh doing the same thing touching and kissing people and sexually assaulting them with no evidence mm-hmm. there is no backup to these stories matter of fact the witnesses Christine Blasey Ford cited. Remember that woman? I forget her name. I'm late. Was it late? Said, that's not true. I didn't see any of that. Ran with this endlessly. Mm -hmm. 
Now in their own reporting, they're suggesting that they found evidence of Biden groping and kissing women and making them uncomfortable. And in the same tweet, they're like, but nothing to worry about it. Nothing at all. Nothing. Don't worry about it. Mm. Here's the New York Times retconning. Remember retconning, rewriting your own history. Right. What they do in Hollywood, which is what the New York Times is. It's entertainment. It's not news. Here's the New York Times deleting their own tweet. Quote, we've deleted a tweet in this thread that had some imprecise language that has been changed in the story. Really? Well, let's go to Fox News. What did they change in their own story? Just to be clear, their own story. They find out evidence of groping and touching and kissing that made women uncomfortable. We have to change at Fox News. Be up in the show notes today. Bongito.com slash newsletter. I'll email you the show notes. Every day. New York Times edits Biden's sexual assault coverage, deletes references to past inappropriate hugs, kisses, and touching. We always produce receipts, folks. Let's go to the Fox News. This is amazing. This is the New York Times. According to a copy of the Times article, Saved by the Internet Archive Wayback Machine, the Times originally reported what I just told you, that they found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden beyond hugs kisses and touching that women said made them uncomfortable. Sounds kind of like what you reported. The paragraph now reads retconning, retconning, delete all the sequels. Pretend Michael Myers is still alive. Pretend he didn't die in Halloween. The paragraph now reads no other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Ms. Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern pattern of sexual misconduct by Miss, uh, Mr. Biden. Oh. You take these people seriously? Oh, Listen, my gosh. Listen, you on the left, I am really, genuinely, sincerely, I am not kidding. I am sorry if you're buying this. I'm sorry because I feel bad for you. Because you're living in a world of lies, propaganda, gaslighting, made-up stories, Aesop's fables, myths, fabrications, myth-truths, mistruths, disinformation campaigns. And every day you live in a world that isn't real. If Joe Biden assaulted Miss Reed or didn't, will come out if the evidence says it does and the evidence turns out to have a veracity factor enough where we can believe it. Right now, there are allegations, and Joe Biden, like every other American citizen, I don't give a damn about your political affiliation, is entitled to the presumption of innocence until the evidence says otherwise. However, an unpopular opinion that is among some people on our side, and it's not because most of the people on our side understand the rule of law. But for the New York Times to constantly downplay shows like this and elsewhere and conservative TV, where we have been consistent on that point from day one, we don't instinctively believe anyone. We believe evidence. We have been the only ones who have been consistent. While you have constantly humiliated yourselves and the American public with an ever-changing standard of what you believe guilt means, depending on the political affiliation of the person you're covering, even to the point of deleting information you uncovered in your own damn story. You're gross. You people are gross at the New York Times. Gross. It was your own reporting you deleted to make your prodigal son seem like the good guy here. 
gross. All right, on an optimistic note, I want to get to this uh, Wuhan virus story too, but look at his tweet from President Trump came out this weekend. We will build it again in all caps. Yes, we will, ladies and gentlemen. I love this. The president said this at a presser last week. Ladies and gentlemen, these are tough times we're going through. You know this. These are very tough times. Mm-hmm. But America needs a leader, and this is the man for the time now. He is a builder. He ran a business. He understands how to get this done. We had led this economy out of the dreadful Obama recovery into one of our greatest times of prosperity in the last few decades, right before this Wuhan virus hit. He said at a presser, we built this economy before and we will build it again. And we, he needs to say this every single day. Tweet it, Facebook it, Snapchat it, TikTok it. I don't care. Every day we will build it again because, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we do. We build stuff and we got a builder in charge to do it. We build stuff. Everybody, everybody loves a comeback story, especially when that comeback story is theirs. We will build it again because, damn it, that's what we do. That's what we've always done. We feed the world. We built the world. The world relies on us because we're that beacon of light. We always have been. That is not hyperbole. That is not nonsensical fake patriotism. That is the real McCoy. That's the real deal. We build stuff. We have always built stuff. We feed people. We build great monumental structures. We build everything that matters. We do it right here. We will build it again. We will conquer this thing and we will build it again. We need that. He needs to say that over and over and over again. We did it before. We've come back from a revolution. We have come back from the Civil War. We've come back from two world wars, from devastating pandemics throughout our history. We will build it again because that's what we do. This is not a unique time in American history. It is not. People say that because they want you to be a victim. You are not a victim. You are a proud, flag-wearing, draping yourself in the red, white, and blue American citizen, lucky to be born alive in the greatest country in the history of humankind, anywhere in this cosmos. Nothing exists like where you live right now. This is not unique. We have been through this before. We have been through disease, pandemics, a Great Depression, a Great Recession, war, deprivation, poverty. And we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this country has been touched by the hand of God. I said this on Levin and I'll say it again. When you read the history books, this story sounds like a fable. There is no way we should exist. We should have never defeated the British Empire. The odds were stacked against our favor 10 million to one. And we did. That is because I believe to this day, divine intervention, this place is different because the people here are different and the people who come here are different because they are escaping someplace they didn't like and they came here for the liberty and the entrepreneurship they want. It is here. We will build it again. We will build it again. And he can't say that enough. What a great message. Now, who is getting in the way of us building it before? Obviously, we're the Chinese and some suspicion is starting to grow about where exactly the Wuhan virus from China came from. Hmm. Great piece in the Daily Signal today, folks. I'll end on this one. By Fred Lucas. Could COVID-19 have come from a Chinese lab? Four things to know. In the interest of time, I'm going to get to the first three because the first one's about it not being a bioweapon based on the evidence. But I'm going to go with the final three here. And you need to read this piece. Again, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. Just sign up for my new. We're not going to spam your inbox, I promise. Paula controls the email list. Right, Paula? We have a prohibition on spamming people's inbox. We don't do it. 
We'll send you these articles every day. Please sign up. This is an important one. So, did the Wuhan virus originate in a Chinese lab? Let's get the receipts on this. So, number one, the early theory was, nah, it started in a wet market. Somebody ate something at a wet market, a bat or whatever they sold there, and the uh, virus escaped from the bat to a human. Really? Because in the Daily Signal piece, they say, quote, a study published January 24th found that the early coronavirus cases were not connected to the wet market in Wuhan. The study was published in February by The Lancet, a weekly peer-reviewed medical journal. Many of you have heard of it. Yeah. The study found the first case, Joe, reported December 1st by an elderly man who had no contact with the wet market. One of the report's co-authors, Wu Wenjun, a senior doctor at Wuhan's uh, Jinjin Hospital, reportedly said that the man had Alzheimer's disease and lived four or five buses from the seafood market. And because he was sick, he didn't go out. Strange. Yeah. Originated in that seafood market, that wet market out there. And yet the guy, one of the first cases, had almost no connection to it at all. Weird. Go to takeaway number two. Where'd this thing come from? In a December video from the Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention lab, their staffers are seen, this is a video, folks, from this lab, collecting bat coronaviruses with inadequate personal protective equipment and unsafe operational practices. Really? The Rutgers microbiologist is quoted as saying in the post. Cheng noted that COVID-19 is a new strain of coronavirus and that Chinese researchers likely didn't anticipate the need for the highest security level. There's video too? Joe, it's all a conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's- I mean, gosh, the media told us, ignore all that. It started in wet markets. Stop blaming the lab in China. Conspiracy theory. Seemingly ignoring the actual, that's what the New York Times does. Yeah. They rewrite their there own story. Go. They ignore their own evidence right. and their own stories. They actually delete their own evidence. They're a serious newspaper, though. The gray lady, the dopey lady. Let's go to piece of evidence number three from the Daily Signal piece. In early January, eight Chinese doctors, including Wee Wen Lang, warned about the coronavirus. The government brought them in for questioning and condemned them for, quote, making false statements. Also in early January, China's National Health Commission directed the COVID-19 samples from Wuhan be removed and destroyed. Why would they do that? Also that month, the Wuhan Municipal Health Commission stopped releasing daily updates of new COVID-19 cases, the Wall Street Journal reported. Is that the way innocent people would act? So if it started in the wet market and it had been widely reported, as the public had already stated, then why would the Chinese go through this massive information suppression operation if you knew it was just going to show it started in the wet market? Maybe because what these doctors you were imprisoning and accusing of making false statements and these videos and things that are all of a sudden disappearing and these papers that are disappearing offline— Maybe because they don't tell that story and the real story shows your malfeasance. Don't worry, Joe. It's all a big conspiracy theory. No. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you good now? You good? Yeah. I know good. you were, you were worried, about worried about that. About that. It. Joe yeah. was worried, ladies and gentlemen. It came from a Chinese. Name. He's not worried anymore. Nah, the I'm New cool. York Times told us it's a conspiracy theory. <sighs> Everything's all good now. Don't okay. worry. Okay. <laughs> 
Whew. All right, folks, I've got some other stuff for you tomorrow, including some voter fraud stuff. Why Obama now and, and Michelle Obama, too, are pushing this vote by mail. They love that idea, ladies and gentlemen. That is a, a, a fraud, a palooza like you've never seen it. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get that tomorrow. I was going to get to it today, but I went on a bit about Brennan. Because remember, just to sum up today's show, I'm telling you, Brennan orchestrated this whole thing. He created fake information, laundered it through steel, attributed it to real Russians, pushed it to the DOJ and the FBI, and ran with the whole thing. And now he's a little bit worried that Durham's finding out about it. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're only 5,000 subscriptions away from 400,000. It is free on YouTube. There is absolutely no cost to you to watch our video show. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Just click that subscribe bell. You'll get our show every day. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.